When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Daily Thrones fans, today we're going to be taking your calls and I'll be responding. That's what we do here on Daily Thrones. Have a little fun. Your voice is just as important to talking Game of Thrones and exploring the world of Ice and Fire as my voice here on Anchor. So please call in with your thoughts. Get ready. Getting ready for Season 7. How are you going to watch it? What are your predictions? This weekend, it's all about what you and me, what we think about Game of Thrones. I want to hear from you. We're going to take some calls, post them here to the station, and react on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. uh, Kevin Ross here. It just occurred to me that maybe we're all overlooking something. Maybe Euron, when he uh, talks to Cersei after swimming in, victorious or not, from his sea battle, offers to pay, or at least get uh, Cersei caught up, with the Iron Bank, so the Iron Bank doesn't do anything crazy, uh, and send a faceless man after her and the rest of the family uh, because a Lannister has to pay their debt. So um, just uh, just kind of thinking out loud. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. First call from the day is from Kevin at Three Cocktail Questions. Kevin has always got some great, interesting theories uh, that you listen to and you think that's impossible but entirely probable. But he's got an idea that incorporates the Iron Bank and possibly Euron Greyjoy. Not just coming in and impressing Cersei Lannister by waylaying or taking out some of Daenerys' fleet, maybe wrecking some shop with the Tyrells and the, and the Dornish army, but maybe helping her with the Iron Bank. The Iron Bank of Bravos is, of course, very important in the world of ice and fire. It is important in Westeros, just as this is important in its home location of Essos, in the free city of Bravos. The Iron Bank... Well, they've loaned the crown a lot of money over the years. Robert Baratheon was very much in debt by uh, by proxy. Tywin Lannister was too. And then, of course, Joffrey and then Tommen. And now, Queen Cersei. Does she care about the debts? Well, Lannister pays their debts. But at this point, Cersei doesn't seem like she's worried about family words. She's out for herself. Tywin's not around. What legacy is she worried about preserving? I think now it's her own legacy. So maybe she's not concerned about the Iron Bank. Now let's forget for a moment too, or at least not forget, let's just overlook the fact that the Night King probably doesn't care too much about the Iron Bank either. The Night King just kind of wants to take over the world. It'd be interesting if uh, someone from the Iron Bank were to sit down with the Night King and be like, all right, you're you're in charge now. That's great. It's cold. You're kind of vicious. Egg, seemingly can't be killed. But you now owe us a lot of money. I don't see that happening there, too. But even if, say, Jon Snow were to take over or Daenerys were to take over, how could they pay back the Iron Bank? Because that's a lot of debt. The Iron Bank, of course, likes to back whoever they think will win. And let's not forget the Iron Bank backed Stannis Baratheon. A lot of money. Stannis is in debt. The Iron Bank plays out, a storyline plays out a little differently in the books. We won't go into it here for uh, people who haven't read the books. Um, but it's interesting that Stannis and Davos, of course, went went to them. That's key. That's that was enough to 
In my mind, they needed to include that in the story. If if the Iron Bank doesn't come back into play in some way, that would be an odd beat for me. That Stannis goes out, gets the gold, he loses, and that's the end of the Iron Bank of Bravos in the story. I think there's got to be something to it. Do they come and collect? Does Euron say, all right, I've got some money. I'm a pirate who's plundered. Cersei, I've taken out some of Daenerys' alliance. Some of her, her fleet is now at the bottom of the, of the narrow sea. And I'm going to help you free the Seven Kingdoms from the Iron Bank. I don't know if Euron's got that kind of cash. He does have like a wood throne, or excuse me, a wood wood crown, and probably a, well, a seesaw chair's not wood. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, sorry, Euron, sorry. So what do you guys think about this idea that, the number one, the Iron Bank is still interested in the Game of Thrones because who sits on it might have to pay them back. And who sits on it might still be backed by them. And could Euron be the one that would help Cersei? And third question out to you guys. Do you think Cersei even cares? Or would she just send some wildfire to the free city of Bravos too? Let me know. Call into the station here on Daily Thrones and we'll post it. You can also go on Twitter at hashtag Daily Thrones and find me, of course, at Ken Knapsack. We'll talk soon here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken, big fan of the, all your podcasts. I actually had a quick question about the Night's Watch Oath and how seriously it's taken throughout Westeros because whenever Jon starts to take power for House Stark, I just rewatched part of season six whenever he says his watch has ended, and I was just wondering, like, will people still see him as a traitor and an oathbreaker because he has left the Night's Watch? Because I don't know if they'll believe the excuse that he died and came back. I was just wondering if you knew how seriously it was taken throughout the kingdom or if people just don't really care south of the wall. Thanks. Just put a call up there from Wrath of Han, a new caller here to Daily Thrones, but a regular listen, listener to the rest of my uh, shows and podcasts, and I appreciate that, Wrath of Han. And what I even appreciate more than that is you have a great question and a great thought. The question and thought is about the Night's Watch vows and what that really means to the realm these days. Let's go into the story, and let's figure this out. The question is specific to Jon Snow. If Jon Snow reemerges and says, I'm the king of the north, and I want the Iron Throne, or I'm going to defend the realm, will the people of Westeros accept that? Because if you did know the name Jon Snow, you might have known he was the bastard of Ned Stark, and then you'd know that the bastard of Ned Stark went to the wall and took the black. And as we know in story, and we know as fans, you break those vows, off with your head. Punishment by death. Now... There's a lot of people who'll say, well, wait, I was there. I witnessed it. Jon Snow was stabbed to death. He died. He came back to life, but on a technicality, he's not breaking any oaths. He's not breaking any vows. Because that ain't really Jon Snow. It's a reanimated fire white. And thanks to George R. R. Martin and his great time interview, he kind of revealed Barrett Dondarrion, Jon Snow... Lady Stoneheart, if she made it to the show, they're whites. No difference in the whites north of the wall. They are just animated by fire, not by ice. Jon Snow might not even have a heartbeat going on inside him. He's a walking, sword-fighting, brooding zombie. But no one else is really going to know that. As we've learned in Game of Thrones, 
Jor Mormon or Aemon Targaryen can send a raven from the wall and say, the cold winds are rising and the dead rising as well. The dead are with it. We've got problems. I had a whole army taken out of the fist of the first man. We hear it. Hey, Jor Mormont, the Lord Commander's dead. There's something going on up there. Tyrion comes back. I used to believe in uh, nothing but snarts and grumpkins. I used to believe they're nothing but fairy tales, but I pissed off the end of the wall. If Jor Mormont says something's going on up there, something's going on. Let's not forget at the end of season one, Alistair Thorne, supposedly, we never saw it. This is on the TV show, of course. Alistair Thorne goes down to King's Landing to warn of what's going on. Clearly, people in the South, and I'm talking all of it. Because the North, as we know, is not even the true North. Everyone south of the Wall doesn't really believe what's going on up there. So, if Jon Snow says, oh no, I I didn't break any vows, I died, would people recognize him? Is it a little uh, overlooked fact in the story? How serious are these vows? You have to wonder if it'll come to play. Uh, do I see it happening on the show? No, but it could happen in the books. That'd be interesting. That'd be something George R. R. Martin would like to play with. Right? Right? Kind of makes some sense. Jon Snow, I'm the king of the north. I want the Iron Throne. Uh, you broke your vows off with your head. No, no, I died. Uh, it's all good. We don't believe you. Okay. Oh, Davos, someone say something. It could be interesting, but I want to hear what you guys think about Jon Snow's vows. Do they matter? Could it matter? And is it a overlooked point? Would it really ever factor into the story? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. All right, Daily Thrones fans, that's it for today, but I want you to call in and have your predictions ready for the premiere of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. What is going to happen when the episode hits Sunday night? I know we've talked about how you're going to watch the show, but what is going to happen on the first episode this season? I think we're going to get a big battle. I think we're going to get more than we're even bargained for, and I think we're going to see Cersei trapped and prepared to get back at her enemies. And even the odds. What do you guys think? Let me know. Call the station here on Anchor. And follow me on Twitter at Ken Napsock. Use the hashtag Daily Thrones. Favorite the station. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on iTunes. We're going to be here all through Season 7.